I gotta admit, I gotta admit, Kevin Barker, I'm nice and toasty in our uh, studio here. No rain falling here. A little cup of coffee here, all good to go. I mean, that just about worked out perfectly for the Blue Jays. You get the game in. You get to see Jose Barrios pitch. You get the lead, and then the rain comes. Shut her down. Boys are back in the hotel early. Probably watching the uh, Seattle Mariners game right now. My big fear in this situation, of course, same fear that John Schneider had when he talked about it with us earlier, this game being rained out. Now you're running into a doubleheader. This is probably best-case scenario for the Blue Jays. A 5-1 win. Their magic number to clinch home field is down to one. Yeah, you got some solid starting pitching. You got some timely hitting. Uh, you got some really good base running, other than the wit uh, Merrifield trying to steal second base with the uh, first and third and, and the lefty up with the lefty on the mound. Other than that, look, everything was all systems go. Brios got out of a big inning. When's the last time we could say that? It's very rare, right? The arm side command was spotty early, but then he started throwing the, the 32 curveballs out of the 91 pitches. That's a big deal, right? He got 10 called strikes. He got five swing and misses out of those 32 curveballs. That seemed to be the one pitch that he could control. He could get the back door to lefties. He faced seven lefties. That's not the easiest thing to do. You know, he faced 24 batters. He threw 14 strike once. That's okay. It's not great. Uh, he only gave up one two-strike hit. That's been this sort of little bugaboo is mm-hmm. get ahead of them, but how do you put them away? And it just seemed like, you know, whether it was the rain, whether it was the uh, the Orioles just sort of running out of luck this time of the year, whatever the case was, I mean, give your give Jose Barrios credit. He got through a big, he got through a tough inning in the third there. He gave him a chance to win. He gave him a chance to get a big hit they ran the bases the way they were supposed to they did exactly what they were supposed to this time of the year is win a baseball game on the road against a team that's not as good as you are and uh vladdy got a home run yeah well again this gets back to when great hitters this time of the year get center cut 89 right down the middle you don't get them back you're if you're a pitcher you're asking the umpire for another baseball and vladimir Guerrero jr is a great hitter i mean he's having an up and down year with the ground balls to the left side of the infield but man when he gets a ball down the middle that's you know somewhat of not the velocity that everybody's used to seeing most of the time even if that fence is a mile away he's still gonna clear it and get a big hit when they needed it and this is what sort of your big time hitters do in big time situations this time of the year as they get big hits and that's what Vladdy did. 416-870-0590, star 591, 888-666-0590. The text line is open. 590-590 is the text line. Two games left in the regular season. Again, the Jays' magic number to clinch a home field series in the first round of the playoffs. That is now down to one pending the outcome of tonight's game between Detroit and Seattle. A reminder that the Mariners are playing a doubleheader against the Detroit Tigers tomorrow. The Mariners have three, or I'm sorry, the Mariners have one extra game than the Blue Jays as a result of that, uh, as a result of that doubleheader. And, um, you know, without getting too far ahead of ourselves here, this was, given that we're looking at, at, Mitch White and you say Kikuchi as possibilities. This was absolutely important that the Jays <laughs> that the Jays get this win and uh, move ever closer to that that home field advantage that John Schneider I think is or I'm sorry home field yeah having home field advantage in the in the postseason something John Schneider has uh, has talked about 
something that indeed you 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 really get the impression has been kind of a Kevin kind of a driving driving talking point with the Blue Jays. I think it's not just John Schneider that wants at home as well. I think the players want to see the Jays at home. A couple of talking points here, I guess with with uh, with long term ramifications or playoff ramifications. I don't know if tonight has changed anybody's mind about the rotation going into the playoffs. I think Alec Man- the fact Alec Manoa is starting game one pretty much sets everything up the way you want it to. Uh, if Jose Barrios pitches in that first round, it will more than likely be out of the bullpen. But we got to talk about Whit Merrifield again, Kevin. Yes, got thrown out stealing second. But Whit Merrifield's speed, uh, his awareness, his situational awareness, again, coming in handy in this game. You said it on Blair and Barker today that you think he is their second baseman. We know that Santiago Espinal worked out today. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. worked out today. You kind of get the sense from what Buck and Tabby were talking about that Gurriel may be a little farther back than uh, than Santiago Espinal and that maybe, maybe Espinal is the guy that will get on the roster. But even if he's on the roster, Kevin, there is no way. There is no way if you're John Schneider you can think of taking Whit Merrifield out. He is – we, we talked about guys who seem to have found a comfort zone with this team making the playoffs. I got the impression Whit Merrifield – about two weeks ago, suddenly found his comfort zone with this team. And it's hard to see him out of the... I mean, the bottom of the order is dynamic. That's the only word to describe it right now. Whether it's Tapia, Merrifield, or you put Danny Jansen someplace down there, it's a dynamic bottom of the order right now. It's, yeah. It creates havoc. It scores runs. Yeah, Whit Merrifield's a smart dude. Even even the time he got thrown out at second base, he's, he's trying to steal a second base with a lefty hitting with a lefty on the mound after a slider. He's thinking in a one, two count after the guy got to one, two with a slider. He's going to throw another one, right? He's going to try and get you to expand that little secondary pitch. He thinks he can steal a base that way, make it a little easier for the hitter. I mean, he got thrown out there. You'd probably not like to see him do that. But other than that little thing right there, you can argue one way or the other. He does exactly what you're supposed to do. Even the little play, the 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 wild pitch, nobody scores on that, right? It's it's yeah, you, that's you, right. you have you have to have nobody really in this good, team does. Probably other not. than the Whit Merrifield. Probably not. You have to have a really good lead. You have to understand where the third baseman's at. You have to have really good timing with the right foot when it hits the ground. That the balls has to be crossing the plate. Your momentum has to be leaning towards home plate. You have to have really good reaction time. All those things take place. He's a very instinctful base runner and you can't teach that like you got to be again i said this on our show today you can't teach experience and that's what he's bringing right now the added bonus is he's starting to hit balls to all parts of the field he's hitting it where it's pitched which will tell you that again i've said this and i'll continue to say it he's an educated guesser you can tell he took a fastball right down the middle of the day for a reason he's guessing location and when he's getting it right now everything's in line he's got a good rhythm he's got good finish uh, he's got an idea of what kind of pitch he's getting in certain times and certain locations. So, yeah, I think this is what you want. You want sprinkled through your entire lineup. You want experience. You want smarts. He has both of those, and I'm with you. It's almost impossible to see anybody other than him playing second base in game one. Yeah, Whit Merrifield driving in 
the first uh, two runs of the game for the Blue Jays with a single. 416-870-0590, star 591, 888-666-0590. We're here with you until 11, 590, 590s is the text line. Jared in Richmond Hill, welcome to Blue Jays Talk. Hey, guys, thanks for having me. No problem. Go ahead, Jared. Awesome. Uh, so I have a quick question just regarding the uh, lineup come playoffs. Um, I just wanted to get your take on it. Um, so what would you think about potentially having Merrifield bat uh, second after Springer? Um, I know he's he's hot right now, um, potentially getting the extra at bat. The speed helps too, um, up at the top of the order. Um, I just wanted to kind of hear, uh, hear your take on it. Bo is hotter than Whit Merrifield. Why would you want to take? A, an extra at bat away from Bo Bichette. Yeah, so ideally, I was thinking about having it something like uh, Springer, Merrifield, Kirk, um, Bichette, Vlad, Hernandez, Chapman, Jansen, and then Tapia. Um, and I'm, I'm okay. my my thought process. Sorry. No, go ahead. Oh, uh, thought process behind that is just kind of have speed everywhere, have guys that can hit throughout. I know, I know Vlad is heating up. Um, and I know he's, he's a great hitter, um, even though sometimes the, the numbers may not reflect that necessarily. Um, but potentially having him down the order would get him more fastballs as opposed to off-speed stuff, which can get him better uh, hitting counts or a better hitting position. Um, yeah, that, that was kind of my mindset. And Bichette is being hot, or is hot right now, so having him in the four spot, um, I was thinking could potentially drive in more runs as well. I'll pass it over to Kevin. Thanks for the yeah, call. Yeah, thanks for the call. I, I love how you've sat down and actually thought this out. It's pretty cool that way. But th- this is the way – I think if you're John Snyder, you want to pick your five best hitters. Is Whit Merrifield right now better than George Springer? Nope. Better than Bo Bichette? Nope. Better than Vladimir Guerrero Jr.? Nope. Better than Alejandro Kirk? Nope. Better than Teoscar Hernandez? Nope. So you can't argue that you could mix him up in that. And i got to be honest with you, I kind of like him at the bottom of the order, creating mm-hmm. a little havoc, and he's tough to pitch to. He's a, He competes. You know, again, he's not afraid to get to two strikes, and I think that's sort of a breath of fresh air with a lot of the the way 2022 at-bats look with a lot of other hitters. He just seems to be comfortable down there. Why rock the boat and mix things up right now? I just think this is the way the lineup will work, and it works the best the way it looks as it is right now. Yeah, and I'll look at this. I mean, the game ended. The game was called off with the bases loaded and Whit Merrifield due up. Tapia and Merrifield – Run base seven times tonight. I mean, they are the the chaos that that combination creates at the bottom of the order. Is it's just you know we talk about pockets when you come to when it comes to pitching. That's a nice little offensive pocket for the Blue Jays. What it does it really what the, is when the bottom of the order is doing those kind of things. It sort of hides that they are heavily right-handed. That sort of, for me, is what it kind of is looking right like right now. I know Rymel Tapia looks a little bit better against lefties, which he probably won't play against the lefty in the playoffs. But, man, I mean, how can you argue what he's doing at the bottom of the order? I just think when it's looking like it's looking and you got veteran guys who are acting like they're veteran guys, it makes the heavily right-handed lineup not so much of a, uh-oh, they're very right-handed and there's a right-handed thrower on the mound. Yeah, and we talked to John Schneider today about the thought that goes into the bottom of the lineup. And part of that is 
you know that you are going to face the other team's bullpen at some point, and you don't want to be – if you really weaken the bottom third of your lineup, you mm-hmm. play into the other manager's hands. You're basically giving him a free pass with relief pitching if you do that. So the way the Jays are set up right now, uh, put yourself in – put yourself in – I don't know, pick a manager. Uh, Scott Service. Where is that pocket of weakness in the Blue Jays lineup right now? Well, you know, Matt Chapman is, is scuffling a bit offensively. He's in the Not sixth spot. Not a bit. Spot. He is struggling. He's, str- he's struggling. He's in the <laughs> yeah. sixth spot. You know, Kevin Biggio, when he's in the game, you know, we've talked about Kevin Biggio. Uh, <laughs> you look at this lineup, the, where it's con- the way it's constituted right now, where's that three-batter weakness that allows you to basically take a breath if you're, if you're running out relievers? There isn't one. And your point about Tapia, see, to me, having Tapia hitting in the seventh spot, having that left-handed bat that can do something in the seventh spot, that creates an issue for the manager, the opposing manager, when it comes to matchups. Because now he can't just run out. It's not like you can run out a lefty necessarily against those guys, right? Because you've got a hot mare field behind him. It's Mm -hmm. not like you can run a righty out there necessarily. So uh, I like the lineup the way it is right now. But bottom line is I'm with you. The five best hitters in this team are Springer, Bichette, Guerrero, Kirk, and Hernandez. They just are. And we talked about Vladdy. Vladdy hasn't had that wow run this year. The dude's almost got 100 RBI. He's got yeah. 30 bombs. And he's still a factor. Bo Bichette, Alejandro Kirk. We just saw a series against the New York Yankees where Aaron Judge admitted, Aaron Judge admitted that because of Alejandro Kirk's presence in the cleanup spot, he went after Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Cost him in that game, the walk-off. Aaron Boone, so, yeah. Aaron Boone. What did I say, Aaron Judge? Yeah, yeah. Aaron Boone. So, I mean, Aaron Judge, maybe he could manage the team. But <laughs> I like the lineup the way it is right now. The one issue I had about the lineup, and it's something you talked about, is having Alejandro Kirk in the cleanup spot because he's not the fastest base runner, but... And, and you know, he's he's tailed off a bit as well. But, Kevin, it just works. It just works. And I get mm-hmm. back to that game against the Yankees. The fact that Aaron Boone is thinking of Alejandro Kirk. Yep. That tells me all I need to know about how effective this lineup is. Yeah, it's hard to pitch to, right? It it's makes a manager think a couple batters ahead just because one guy's a little hotter than the other guy, but the guy's been hot and he's had a consistent year it's it's right now it's uh they're they're competing that that for me is the difference they've been up and down a little bit all year i know the numbers say they're one of, if not the best hitting team in the american league but it just seems like right now they're competing a little bit more like every guy is passing the baton they're a tough out they get to two strikes they compete they choke up they're trying to go the other way they're fighting off breaking balls it's been a little while since we've seen that so i just sometimes you just don't want to rock the boat you leave it the way it is and you run it out and hopefully it takes you where you want to go Ken and Mississauga, you want to talk about the decision to not finish the game. That's right. Uh, Good evening, uh, Jeff and Kevin. Um, I was just wondering why, uh, like they were in the the eighth inning when the game was called, why wouldn't they complete the game tomorrow, say they could start it somewhere around 5, 5.30, finish that game, and then go to the regularly scheduled game? And while... I, I want to indicate to you that I am a Blue Jays fan, and it's great to get the victory tonight. Mm. But um, 
uh, to me, it, it, it cheapens the victory by not finishing the game. It's not the and first I've se- game. And I've seen this done before, where a game's uh, uh, halted on account of rain, uh, and then they, they they pick it up the next day from where they left off and finish it, and then play their regularly scheduled game. Yeah, a couple of things about that. First of all, um, it's the eighth inning. It's an official game. Um, there's no guarantee that the weather's going to be good tomorrow. Um, secondly, it's, you know, from the Baltimore Orioles point of view, there's no, there's nothing to gain from it. They're not getting extra attendance for that game. I mean, you saw the crowd there. They're not getting extra attendance for that game. The last thing major league baseball wants to do right now is have a bunch of games backing up on it. Um, it would have been interesting to see what happened if, if the rains had come earlier. Um, I'm not a big fan of Doug Eddings, the home plate umpire, but I will say this. I think the crew tonight, they got the game in. Mm-hmm. They got the game in. They didn't put the tarp on at any other point in the game. Yeah, it played through some inclement weather. They got the game in. I think that tells you how important it is for Major League Baseball uh, to get this done. And, and, and generally, um, there's, no, there's, no point in, in, there's no point in playing and playing in continuing this game. And, and I mean, I don't understand cheapening the win. Um, you know, it's not the first time that a game has been, has been called because of rain. Certainly not the first time yeah. this year. Yeah. I think the best point you made is the weather tomorrow. It, that sounds like that's not going to be uh, as good. And you have a real good chance of that game not being played tomorrow. So now if you, if you have to suspend a game and, and have to make up this rest of this game and then try and fill in a couple of other games with the rain, the next couple of days, it might be a very hard thing to do. Uh, the Empire's the did a good job. They tried to force the game as long as they could force it. Like it was, yeah. it was a, it was a hard sprinkle. I think it started getting harder, maybe in the, in the bottom of the seventh inning. And then it got really bad in the eighth inning and, and I think they did the right thing. You know, you play it out as long as you can play it out, and then it starts getting harder when it consistently stays hard. You call it, and you come back tomorrow, and you hope you can play another game. And, and I'm with you. It's the first time. It's a rare time, but I'll give the umpires credit. They did a nice job today. Well, and it, it will get interesting now. If, if, the or, if the Orioles, if the Mariners lose tonight and home field advantage is decided and it does rain tomorrow, and it is rained out. Uh, I, my guess is he would still go ahead and schedule a doubleheader for Wednesday anyhow. Uh, but I don't know what Wednesday's weather looks like. It looks like it's it's it looks like we're talking about a couple of a couple of days of rain. And I know, for example, the Mets are kind of I was just before we came on was online. They're trying to figure out what the hell they're going to do. Uh, what, what they're going to do because because the weather's had has, has had an impact on their schedule. I mean, really, if you're the Jays, if the Mariners lose tonight, I don't think you really you, you really care one way or another. Um, you yeah, know, I mean, you're that, have that, Mitch White and you say Kikuchi. Yeah, know. it's a tough. I mean, it's a tough call. You, you, you. I think you play. You have to play 162 games until the weather doesn't allow you to, or the games don't matter and. That's that will be decided. I know they give the extra day. That's a workout day. I'm sure if they had to, you'd play that day, and then you just go right into mm-hmm. a playoff series. But you probably don't see that happening again. I, I'm sure it all is determined what happens in the Seattle game. But the weather does look really bad tomorrow, so it will be very interesting to see how they handle it. I'm sure I'm like you. They'll probably schedule the doubleheader if they need it. They'll play it. If they don't need it, I'm sure they'll 
they'll pivot. They'll do what they have to do. They'll play as many games, and they'll move on to a playoff series. Yeah, and uh, again, a lot will depend on. Obviously, it will depend on if there's if there's something if there's something to play for. Sure. Um, and the magic number is now done down to one. And as we mentioned, the Mariners play Mariners play a doubleheader tomorrow, and then they finish off with the Detroit Tigers uh, as well. So uh, we'll just have to wait and see how that how that plays out. 416-870-0590, star 591, AAA, The Blue Jays are 91-69 and 69 after a 5-1 win over the Baltimore Orioles. They've won 18 of their last 26 games against the AL East. We mentioned Jose Barrios. I believe he raises his record to 9-0 and against mm-hmm. the Orioles. Six innings, three hits, three walks, five strikeouts. Kevin made the point. We finally saw, I shouldn't say finally saw, but we saw Jose Barrios able to escape from some uh, some traffic without, you know, from some pressure situations without letting it get out of hand. Did get a nice play from Teoscar Hernandez. Boy, Kevin, something you said earlier today about <laughs> is it's amazing how, how good Teoscar's, uh, how good Te- how good Teoscar's defense is when he's hitting, right? <laughs> it boy, really it look, is. Boy, it looks like at the, all those injuries that he was having when he was stinking offensively, all of a sudden he don't look like he's so injured. I've been there before. I know how that feels. It, it's, it just seems like when all your little aches and pains when you're struggling at the plate, they seem to be worse. When you're hitting, you're raking, you're seeing the ball as big as a balloon, you tend to forget about all those little aches. You made a uh, an interesting point when we were talking about Jose Barrios. And, and the curve. Now, we know that the issue with Jose Barrios has been fastball command most of the year. Let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Let's not get, because we're not even at the postseason yet. But next year, Kevin, when Jose Barrios comes back, does he need to rethink some of his pitch sequencing? Does he need to maybe show a little more faith in certain pitches and less faith faith in others. Like I like his curve. I really like his curve. No, for for me it's fastball command. You got to figure out how to throw strike one with a fastball. You got to be able to locate a fastball, throw it where you want to throw it, both sides of the plate, all quadrants. I'm not even sure he needs to do that. I mean, tonight I showed you, he had seven lefties he had to face. Going away to a bunch of lefties, that means arm side to him. If he can locate a fastball, add a little two-seamer to it, uh, the four-seamer command got better when he was getting the better feel of the breaking ball and he could throw that back door to a lefty. But that's the little thing. How do you make some adjustments? How do you get in line? How do you finish better? Uh, can you stay on top of baseballs a little bit more? He does have a little bit weirder of an, of an arm angle, an arm slot. He releases the ball. I would think that's hard to repeat. Yeah, I mean, you got to go home, look yourself in the mirror, and go, how do I fix that? How do I revamp my wind-up, figure out how to to land in the same spot? He moves all over the rubber. He's moving on the rubber tonight. You know, I think that was a little adjustment him and Petey were making. As you move around, try to get it in the lane, try and keep it on the plate. If you're throwing the two-seamer, at least start it on the plate. That's the big thing, and well, I Kevin, think that's why you saw him moving a little bit on the rubber. And He's got some adjustments to make. He's not a finished me- product just yet. Let me ask you this, too. If you're the opposing team and you see a dude moving on the rubber like that in-game, like that's pretty much a giveaway as to where, where, where he feels he's having an issue throwing the ball, isn't it? If well, maybe, 
maybe, I mean, you're so used to seeing the same arm slot, the ball coming out of the same spot all the time, and then you see a guy moving a little bit around the rubber. Now, he wasn't doing a ton, but he was doing it enough to try and force the fastball and the two-seamer on the plate. At least I'm getting it started there. So my takes against mm-hmm. him are not so easy. Like, you know, as soon as he leaves the hand, a, hit, a good hitter can take it, and those are non-competitive pitches because he did have five three-ball counts. That's a lot. That's why you saw the pitch count at 91 pitches, and he only threw 58 strikes. So it was, you know, not the most efficient outing for him, but I will say the sixth inning, it took a good defensive play with the bases loaded, but mm-hmm. he controlled the damage. And when you can control the damage, and then you come back the next inning, and all of a sudden it just seems like he had a little bit more confidence. He had better feel of the breaking ball. He could occasionally, if when he had to, throw the fastball in the two-seamer where he wanted it to go. And the changeup was a decent pitch for him. He threw 16 of those. That's a lot of changeups for him. So the adding and subtracting and the backdoor breaking ball was good enough to get him through six. And and I'll tell you this, I think the most important at-bat in that game for him was striking out Ryan Mountcastle after Teo made that, that nice running catch because we all know Ryan Mountcastle's been a thorn in the, in, in the side of the Blue Jays this year. He strikes him out, and from that point on, it was, pretty much, it was pretty much smooth sailing. And that's something you've talked about. That's something we haven't always seen from Jose Brios. Yes, he's had strikeouts. He's racked up the strikeouts, but not always in those prime situations, right? Yeah, against him, that's three breaking balls. That's, that's that's you know, good morning, good afternoon, good night. And then you saw a little emotion coming off the mound. He's mad at himself. Like, I like to see that occasionally when sometimes the dude's just had enough. I just, I'm tired of throwing the ball. It ain't going where I want it to go. I'm very frustrated. People can tell I'm frustrated. And you get a big out, you go off the mound, you're cussing mm-hmm. at yourself. I kind of like that. It just seemed to lock him back in a little bit better and at least gave himself a chance to go a little bit deeper. Six innings is pl- plenty for Jose Barrios on the road, and it gives a good lineup, a chance to run into a couple, have some good plays, and win a baseball game. 416-870-0590, star 591 590 The text line is popping. We've got a lot of text to get to. We'll do that. We'll get to your phone calls as well when we come back. It's Blue Jays Talk on Sportsnet 590, the fan. That was impressive by them. Just went and told all those guys that were in there. Um, uncertain, you know, weather-wise, and to lock it in really quickly, starting with Jose. Um, at-bats were awesome, but just impressive that, you know, with a uh, really crappy weather day all day, they uh, they locked it in, kept it focused for the entire game. Yeah, that is Blue Jays manager John Schneider speaking after the Jays' 5-1 win over the Baltimore Orioles. Tonight, the game called off in the eighth inning with the bases loaded. After a 54-minute rain delay, the Jays and the Orioles will attempt to play tomorrow. They've got a game Wednesday, and then the postseason starts on Friday. This much we know, the Jays won't be going to Cleveland. They won't be going to Tampa. They'll either be going to Seattle or they'll be hosting a game at home. Their magic number as a result of tonight's win their magic number to clinch home field for that first round series is one. Speaking of which, it's time for the Bet365 standings update. Just download the app and see for yourself why Bet365 is the world's favorite sports book. 19 plus, play responsibly, Ontario only. Now, let's not get carried away because the Detroit Tigers are a lousy baseball team. Having said that, 
The Tigers are currently leading the Seattle Mariners 3-1. If that result is to hold up, the Toronto Blue Jays would know going into tomorrow's game that they will have home field advantage in the first round of the playoffs. The Jays are 91-69. and Seattle, 87-71. and Two games back of the Jays in the loss column. And a reminder, the Mariners do have an extra game because of a doubleheader. They're scheduled to play tomorrow against the Detroit Tigers. Tampa Bay is 86-74. and 74. And um, the Rays have lost three in a row. Hard to tell, Kevin, really. I was going to say hard to tell what you're going to get from the Rays. Hard, hard to tell what the Rays' mindset is, really. They lost 4-3 to Boston tonight. But you really get the sense that Kevin Cash, he's looking for his guys to get healthy. Wander Franco hit a home run tonight. His first since coming back, I believe, off the uh, off the IL with that with that wrist injury. Tyler Glasnow looks good to go. As a matter of fact, Kevin Cash said he's my starter in game two. So you got McClanahan and Glasnow going the first two games if you're the Rays. Ooh. That's that ain't bad. <laughs> yeah, it ain't that bad, ain't bad not, if you're the whether Rays. Not, whether not scoring runs. I mean, they only got three guys in their lineup with, with uh, double-digit homers on, on the year. So it's not yeah. like they're going to out-bop you. But they're they're uh, we all know it's the Rays' way. They outpitch most baseball teams, and that's going to give them a chance to win some some series. But I just don't trust their offense. Like if you got a decent pitcher on the mound who can add and subtract, because they they try and hit the homer all the time, and they can't hit the homer. And when you can't do that, you know, in a playoff series against a good team, which is sort of what you have to do occasionally, is the is the bloop and bomb, and it's going to be tough for them. I said we go to the text line, Jeremy in Sexsmith, Alberta. Kevin, he's a man after your own heart. He says, I know we're talking Jays, but do you think the Rays want the sixth seed? The khakis are analytically calling the shots. They'd rather play the Guardians and then the Yanks. Doesn't seem like they want anything to do with the Jays. They keep losing, playing Boston today and letting it go late. Uh, how do you how do you lose on purpose in the big yeah. leagues? Well, though, if any team is going to, the Rays have probably figured out a way to do Cargo it. Cargo shorts. That's right. Yeah, look, it's a uh, long, long run, long term. You'd rather be in that side of the bracket, right? You you don't want to face the Houston Astros. You don't want to face the Houston Astros. Greg and Barry, one thing I think that's been overlooked with the Jays is they've always had a guy pick them up. Chapman slumping right now, but look at everyone around him in the order. That It is an interesting point. They have had people step up, especially in the last two months, and it starts with, with, with Bo Bichette who has put this team on his shoulder the past two months. And, you know, other guys have other guys have stepped up at different times. We're starting to see Tay Oscar now, I think, look a lot more comfortable. You broke that down on, uh, uh, on Blair and Barker. Yeah, I mean, look, good teams do that. Good teams always have somebody, Kevin, who who picks somebody up. I mean, yeah, that's it's, just the it's, way it it's amazing when your superstars are being superstars how good your team can look. That really is. That does, uh, that does set amazing. the stage. It does. it does set the stage for everything else. But I, I will say this. This lineup is a lot longer now than it's been in a while. And if they get Lourdes back, and we don't know where that's going to be, if they get Lourdes Gurriel Jr. back, it could be even longer. Although my sense is you may not see him until the next round of the playoffs if they get that far. Next round. San- Santiago Espinal comes back, though. That could make a difference as well. 
So again, the Blue Jays, 5-1 winners over the Baltimore Orioles. Thanks so much for joining us on Blue Jays Talk, served up by the always game-ready Jack Link's Meat Snacks. Feed your wild side, baseball fans. 